Is anyone there? What? Oh, yes. Hi, I'm here. You had me at huh? Luke, I feel like I'm like I'm trapped. Like I'm trapped in my own mind. Oh no, that's horrible. And I just want to explode. Oh well, don't do that. That'll that'll hurt. But what if I can run real fast and jump real high? Oh, you're saying what if exploding feels like being born? Yeah. Yeah. What if I became some sort of Hulk? Oh, I see. What if what if you just sort of unleashed the bottled raging beast inside of you? Well, in that case, you would have a lot in common with the protagonist of the movie we're here to talk about, Crystal. Oh, you're talking about, you mean the angry man? Yes, yes. The angry man, as he is known by the military. I don't think they say the word Hulk in this film. They do one time. Uh, uh, Bruce says it. He's like, oh, my father, he wanted me to unleash that, that, that Hulk. <laughs> I must have missed that line. Yeah, it's after the, the dog fight when he's like back to normal and talking to Betty. Now I see. Ugly directed a 2003 film called Hulk. That's true. And we have flirted with covering it since we started this podcast, basically. Came out after Blade, after X-Men. Yeah. After Spider-Man. Contemporary with X-Men 2 and Daredevil. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People uh, don't remember this one very well. People, I feel like people have kind of forgotten how many comic book movies there were before the MCU started up. Yeah, that's when they were making the good ones. Yeah, because, like, the year that Iron Man came up, people were like, boy, this superhero movie thing's been going on a while, I'll bet it's about to peter out. <laughs> they made a 2070 parody film of superhero movies. Are you thinking of Epic Movie? Wasn't there also a superhero movie? Uh, I, there might have been. In 2008, yes. Okay. And in addition to Epic Movie, yes, which also parodied superheroes. Right, among other things, I think Epic Movie... No, no, I'm sorry, I'm getting Epic Movie confused with Meet the Spartans. Which was also a movie that got made in that milieu. <laughs> what a time for culture. <laughs> Truly, what a time for culture. What if they made Epic Movie 2 and, and talked about, like, the Snyderverse instead of Zack Snyder's 300? <laughs> Look, this is the best comic movie we've seen. Hmm, interesting. Okay, g give me give me more about that. Uh, this one, they made it like a comic book. They did make it like a comic book. I, you're, you're referring to the sort of uh, interesting editing and directorial choices, such as how at several points throughout the film, there will be many different images on the screen at once, as though to replicate a comic book page. I'm looking up Academy Award for Best Editing. This movie has extremely good editing, but it's not just that. It's also the way they write the scripts. Sure, definitely. Where it's like everyone speaks in this very direct and moralistic way, just like an old comic book. It is definitely meant to evoke sort of a, um, like, the, like, melodrama side of comic books. Totally. Not even nominated for Best Editing. The winner that year was The Return of the King. Okay, well, I don't really remember any interesting editing going on with that. That's because they don't know what editing is. Yeah, editing feels like one of those ones where they're just like, I don't know, what movie did we like this year? <laughs> um, and uh, the other thing about this movie is just it, it brings all of the psychological subtext of the Hulk to the surface. It's, it's just there in the movie. Yes. Compared to the 2008 film where it's just like a disease that happens when his heart rate gets high. Yeah, no, I it blows the uh, Ed Norton Hulk movie out of the dang water. I'm I'm with you on that front. My we're jumping right in. The only thing I would push back on this movie a little bit. I kind of 
The middle of it especially I found a little boring. But also, it was boring in a way that superhero movies don't get to be boring, and I kind of respect it for that, you know? It's a lot of people just sitting around being sad, and I'm, you know, even if I was kind of checking my phone for parts of this movie, I'll take that over what we get these days. I think you're right. It does definitely get a little meandering in the middle there. Yeah. Around the the part where they fight the Hulk dogs. Yeah, you can really feel like... <laughs> it kind of feels like Ang Lee did not want to put much uh, Hulk fighting in this movie, and the studio was like, okay, no, no, we gotta put more in than just the end. I don't know, what if you've had... Uh, uh, some Hulk dogs. That'd be cool. <laughs> he, he slams, he disintegrates the dogs into green mist. He sure does. I don't even understand what was supposed to be happening there because it just looks like a video game effect. I think the idea is he is ripping them apart so violently that like their blood, which is turned Hulk green, is just like vaporizing. Oh, I see. But their bodies also vaporize. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the Hulk. <laughs> This is a movie about a guy named uh, David Banner. Uh-huh, yep. Who kills a jellyfish. Yes, and a star... Well, he doesn't kill a starfish, I guess. He just tortures a starfish. Tortures a starfish, kills a jellyfish, tortures a monkey. Right, because regeneration is immortality, as he writes in his notes during this. Sure, I guess. The Immortal Hulk, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> he injects himself with the Hulk potion. Yes, and it initially doesn't seem to do much of anything to him. But shortly after injecting himself to alter his DNA, he finds out that his wife is pregnant, and he's got himself a little Hulk baby, even though no one knows it but him. <laughs> I really like, even when they don't, like, make explicit panels on the screen, the way they, like, have a wide shot of them in the kitchen, and then they, like, composite close-ups of both their faces in the same frame, even though they're yes. still standing apart, is like, yeah. oh, this is a comic book, I can see how you would do this in a comic book. This movie feels uh, stylistically like a like ancestor to Speed Racer. Yeah, there's definitely a Speed Racer DNA here. Definitely a Speed Racer it, it killed this film and injected the Hulk potion. Right, uh-huh, yes. <laughs> Speed Racer is the uh, estranged child of this movie that got gamma radiation to activate the latent abilities. But this film also... Uh, it was still shot on film, so it looks real good. Yeah, yeah. Some of the CGI, it feels like, man, if y'all waited, like, a couple years, I think this would have looked a lot better. Well, well, the thing I like about the CGI is that Hulk, the size of the Hulk is not consistent even a little bit. No, and they show, like, one of their early bits, like, he grows at one point. Like, his size does change. I really like that because it doesn't do uh, cell shading or any other, like, modern tricks that these movies do to look 2D-ish. Uh -huh. But it still feels like a drawing in that way. Yeah, definitely. He looks like a... He looks like an action figure a lot of the time to me. He does look like an action figure. He makes smooth and plastic like an action figure. Definitely. Uh, but then uh, David feels bad that he's passed on his Hulk potion to his son. Right. So he tries to cure himself, but the government finds out about the human experimentation he did and shuts him down. So in response, he decides he is going to uh, nuke his research lab and also murder his son, because if he can't cure him, then he should kill him. <laughs> I just love the, the cartoonish scene of him <laughs> taking a pacifier out of his son's mouth to observe him being pissed off. Yeah. Such a, it's a real Shadow the Hedgehog type moment. <laughs> yeah. We also get a shot during this opening montage where, like, 
little baby Bruce, like, was playing and another kid hit him. And instead of, like, hitting back or even, like, crying, he just kind of, like, wandered back home quietly. Like, oh, yeah, that's just Bruce. He's just so bottled up. I don't know. I don't get it. Also, when he was getting his blood drawn and he's sitting perfectly still and not making a peep. Yeah, like, this kid has problems. We see that immediately. He's, he's very emotionally withdrawn for reasons that, you know, is, is, is that the Hulk potion working through his veins or is that just bad parents? Probably bad parents, frankly. Bad dad. Yeah, I think the Hulk potion is sort of a metaphor for, for bad dad. Yeah, yeah. This whole movie is just angry. It was like, okay, okay, you want me to make a Hulk movie? Great, great, great. What if instead I made a film adaptation of Saturn devouring his child? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The superheroes are gods. Right, right. That gets, like, bandied out a lot. I feel like this is one of the few movies I've seen that actually, like, tries to run with that idea. Uh, but so in the, in the modern day, Bruce, not Banner, Bruce, uh... Krenzler, I think. Bruce Krenzler. He doesn't remember any of this. He's repressed it all. Yeah. He's just a scientist working at a lab. We get the, the platonic ideal of a Stanley cameo, I think. Yeah, yeah, Bruce is just coming to work in the morning, and Stanley is one of the security guards leaving, like, Ah, oh, hey, Bruce, how you doing? As he's just walking past. Doesn't draw too much attention to himself, not too cute about it, he's just there. Yeah, yeah. And this is early enough in that, that, like, you're not gonna, you know, it's it's not a thing you're on the lookout for yet, really. And uh, the thing Bruce likes to do is wear a helmet that's a little too small for his head. Yeah, and he, like, is walking around in the lab with it, and one of the other scientists, like, teases him about it, and he's like, um, I'm protecting my head. I'm like, okay. If he's teasing you for wearing it while you're biking, that's stupid, he's stupid. But also, you've been off your bike for several minutes now, why do you still have the helmet on? Also, the film, the helmet is not, like, fully covering his head, it's, it's like, hovering above it a little bit in a way that's, like, it's not protecting your head. Right, right. I feel like that was the thing. Maybe it was starting to go away at this point, but there was definitely a point where, like, oh, bike helmets are for nerds, nerd. What are you afraid of? Getting a getting your skull split open? Ah, you baby. Yeah, I remember kids' cartoons at the time pointedly trying to push back against that. Yeah, begging you to put a helmet on, please. Yeah, that's why Rocket Power made helmets and knee pads and, and elbow pads <laughs> cool. Absolutely, yeah. Bruce Banner, like father, like son, he's uh, exploding frogs. Right, he is. He works at a privately owned lab where they are working on something called nanomeds, if I remember right. The idea is that it can, uh, you know, if it works, they will, uh, they can blast something with gamma radiation and it will regenerate any wound. Um, but they run an experiment, and, uh, they do just kind of make a frog pop like a balloon. They haven't figured out the, the Senator Armstrong potion yet. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, we also, at this point, meet, uh, Betty Ross, who, in this version of it, is already broken up with Bruce because he is so emotionally withdrawn that she just was like, all right, I can't deal with this shit anymore. Has she broken up with Bruce? They talk like they are broken up, but she clearly is still into him, and he is clearly still into her. They say they're broken up. They don't act like it. They, you are right, yes. <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, Jennifer Connelly does her best. This is definitely the kind of Betty Ross where she's like 90% managing her boyfriend's feelings and 10% angry at her dad and doesn't have much else. 
I agree. I think this movie treats Betty as a character better than the Ed Norton movie, though. I guess so, but they're kind of the same. I'm not saying it's great. I think that's a low bar. Yeah. I'm just saying it's not quite as... I don't know. I don't know. I felt like she was more of a character than just girl. Maybe eventually we'll get to uh, the She-Rulk. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Attorney at law. I don't think She-Rulk is an attorney. Oh, wait. Oh, She-Rulk. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, the She-Red Hulk. Yeah, I don't... Oh, right, because that's Betty, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she's like, actually, fuck you, I'm tired of managing your feelings. Right. <laughs> What's the, like, normal Red Hulk's deal? I don't really know him. Uh, he's General Ross. Oh, what? Oh, okay. And he's like, ah, I don't need you anymore, I figured it out, now I'm gonna be the strongest Now guy. I'm the Hulk, yeah. Okay. I think because he's red, I always just assumed he was, like, a USSR Hulk. <laughs> I assumed he was from like the 80s or something and it was like, oh, Bruce, we need your help. The the Ruskies have invented a Hulk of their own. No, I think, he, I think he's pretty, uh, pretty recent. Okay. That would be if cool to have a communist Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Now I am just imagining Red Hulk with like a, a Russian hat, like the tall like wool hat. <laughs> and that's a good mental image. Uh, anyhow, yeah, so the science is not going super hot for them. They're trying, but it's it's not working out. And um, I'm trying to think where how these plot lines coalesce, because I'm not staring at the movie. We meet Talbot at some point during this point. Yeah, Colonel Talbot of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fame. Yeah, uh-huh. And uh, he wants to buy their lab for the military, because he used to be an army guy that worked with General Thunderbolt Ross. But now he works for a private military contractor. Uh, Because that's where the real money is. And uh, Betty and Bruce both hate him very much for no reasons they say out loud, but presumably because they don't want their technology being used for, like, weapons and shit. Yeah, they they want to do it for themselves, to help all of humanity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's like, oh, imagine if we had soldiers that could regenerate like that and only us could do it. And Bruce is like, we're here to help all the people. And that's the... That is the most you're given for, like, the explanation for their, like, conflict. Because also Talbot seems to have a personal vendetta against Bruce that goes beyond that. But that never really, we don't go into it. I think Talbot just, just, uh, likes Betty. Yeah, I guess, but they, yeah. She fucking hates him, though. This is a kind of a different vibe from the way they treat the super soldier serum. Uh-huh. Whereas, like, well, that, it's, it's a tragedy that the army couldn't replicate it. Oh, sh- oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this movie is definitely more uh, distrustful of the U.S. military than The Incredible Hulk is. You, you do know that uh, it's a superhero movie, though, because there is a scene where the Hulk saves an Air Force pilot. <laughs> There's exactly one scene where he saves an Air Force. You know, to be fair, he also saves all the people on the bridge that the Air Force pilot is going to hit through sheer incompetence. <laughs> That's true. Like, it was a completely unforced error. The Hulk was nowhere near that jet, and it just was gonna slam into the bridge. I just feel like there's a lot of superhero movies with exactly that scene. Like, it happens in Iron Man. It happens in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah. You're not wrong. Um, But, uh, yeah, so that's kind of the, the state we find things in. Uh, at some point along the lines here, we get fucking Betty's going home late one night and there's just a creepy janitor played by Nick Nolte. He's like, ah, don't mind me. I'm the old janitor died. Now I'm your janitor. Don't worry about it. Um, and, uh, (laughs) Bruce and Betty just go to bed and cuddle together like a very broken up non-couple. 
Wait, do they? <laughs> do they like look away during that? <laughs> Maybe this is a memory that I misunderstood, but yeah, I thought they like lived in different houses. Yeah, maybe this is a memory and I was just misunderstanding what was happening. Oh, oh, right. Yeah, because there's also, in addition to all of, like, the split-screen stuff they're doing, there's a bit where Bruce looks at a photo of him and Betty, and then, like, the photo becomes a frame itself, where, like, they're moving around and it, like, becomes a flashback to when they took the photo. That's such a cool effect. It's a cool effect. They're having fun with, uh, (laughs) with all the new VFX they can do. Yeah, it was just that Betty and Bruce talking about the, the how Bruce doesn't really remember anything, and he doesn't want to, and Betty has some hazy memories of her dad on the army base before it got nuked. Right, Betty's talking about, in the flashback, that we have a flashback within a flashback, which is maybe why you were confused. Yes. Uh, because Betty's talking about a nightmare she had where she is, yeah, like, basically a toddler uh, with her dad at an ice cream uh, place in, like, the shitty little, like, desert town that was built around the army base he worked at, and all of a sudden a bunch of army men ran and grabbed him and and took him away somewhere, and a green mushroom cloud pops up on the horizon and she's just crying, and then in her dream, an adult Bruce comes in and, like, kills her, and he's like, well, that's so messed up, you know I'd never hurt you though, right? And then she doesn't really respond to him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. They're bringing all the Hulk stuff to the forefront. They are. They are. You know, it's about... The, the the take on this one is that, like, Bruce is, like, a deeply angry man, but it, all that anger is bottled up. You know, he has this uh, very young childhood trauma that he's repressed, and it is just, like, anger is, like, the driving animus of his life, but he doesn't let himself uh, recognize that. And becoming the Hulk is really about becoming, like, emotionally honest for him. It's a lot like the other 2003 film, Anger Management, starring Adam Sandler and Jack Nicholson. It is Sandler a lot like the, the other 2003 Anger film, Anger Management. <laughs> you you gotta listen to uh, Jack Nicholson's explanation about the difference between explosive anger and implosive anger to get this. Because you see, explosive anger is when the, the customer is yelling at the store clerk uh, because he won't take his coupon. And implosive anger is the store clerk who has to deal with that guy every single day until one day he snaps. Why do I remember this much about the dialogue of anger management? It's it's not an awful movie in my memory. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh but um yeah, so at some point they do another experiment, but it turns out that uh there there's like a problem with the machine and the other scientist that was teasing about the bike helmet is like fucking with it. And then the gamma radiation turns on while he's in there, and Bruce very heroically saves his life by using his body to shield him from the radiation. But for some reason, Bruce is completely unharmed by this. In fact, he feels better than ever. He feels better than ever. His bad knee is now his good knee. What the? And uh, that night, he gets visited by the Nick Nolte janitor, who reveals that he is Bruce's father, David Banner. Uh, Bruce always thought his parents died, but... but Actually, David just got sent to, like, military prison for 30 years. With the way they talk about him later, I'm not sure why they ever let him out. (laughs) Yeah, he says, like, they had to admit that I wasn't crazy. Okay, but you still, like, caused a nuclear meltdown at a military base. That feels like a, you know, right or wrong, that feels like something that earns you life in prison. (laughs) Um... That he explains that he there's something inside Banner and he gave it to him. Yeah. 
and Bruce has been cultivating it this whole time, and now he needs to to harvest it. Um, but uh, God, I'm trying to think because we're also meeting Thunderbolt Ross at some point here, right? Because Betty is trying to get in touch with him to maybe block Talbot from taking over their company, and he's like, "Hey, oh, uh, he's also played by Sam Elliott, which is an important detail. Great, love to see a Sam Elliott in a movie. One of the all time character actors. Uh huh, uh huh. Different kind of mustache than what he usually has, but a mustache nonetheless." And he's just like, hey, Betty, I don't know if you know about that Bruce guy, but I do, and he's pretty fucked up, so you better watch out around him. And she's like, what? Oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, it was like, she, he called her first, and she was like, oh, maybe my father actually wants to spend time with me, but he's really just there for business. Yeah, when they're talking about having broken up, Betty tells Bruce, like, oh, don't worry, it's not your fault, it's just... <laughs> the actual dialogue, which was maybe the worst line of the movie, was... Oh, it's not your fault. It's just my stupid, inexplicable obsession with emotionally unavailable men. That's some comic book dialogue right there. That's some, like, mid-2000s men-writing-women dialogue. (laughs) (laughs) Every character just says what they're feeling and thinking very directly. Yeah, but I feel like that thing specifically, like, oh, women are secretly, like, really attracted to emotionally unavailable men because it reminds them of their dads because every woman has daddy issues was like a really big thing in the 2000s that is true that was a real you can really take the pulse of culture by uh watching family guy and i know that was a big thing on family guy (laughs) it was a big thing on family guy i don't mm, (laughs) i'm not you don't think you can take the pulse of culture from family guy i'm I don't like that assertion, but I am not prepared at this moment to truly dispute it. <laughs> Do you have other examples of ways that Family Guy tells us about the contemporary culture? Um, Stewie. <laughs> you know, he does do the peanut butter jelly time dance. He does the, the one peanut episode. butter jelly time. Yeah. Um, I'm Brian. <laughs> great. That was great. <laughs> Brian sure does have a lot of sex with human women on that show. Yeah, he does He does do that often. And they kind of just don't address it. <laughs> also, he's like a really gross misogynist. That's very true. Yeah. There's a whole episode where the other gross misogynist, uh, uh, Glenn Quagmire, calls him out yeah. on it. One of the most famous episodes. <laughs> There's also another episode where a different gross misogynist, Rush Limbaugh, becomes friends with Brian. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> See, it is the pulse of culture. <laughs> you know, in in a in a dark, twisted way, you might just have something here. I'm not saying it represents the best of culture. No, sure, no, no, no. I understand. <laughs> in fact, we might say it represents the worst. So that night, Bruce, all, all of Bruce's issues are compounding. The the Air Force wants to buy out his company and his. His weird dad is hovering over his bed and telling him fucked up shit. And then uh, Betty Betty calls him and explains how the General Ross stuff is as a no go. And he gets yeah. so mad that he just he he hulks out. He hulks out and uh, just starts smashing his laboratory. You know what? That's one thing they don't ever say in this movie is Hulk smash. They don't say Hulk smash. They don't say they they get a puny in there and they get a you wouldn't like me when I'm angry, but it's in Spanish, so we can like be like, oh no, we we did it, but with a little twist on it. it it's almost as if this movie um, isn't interesting in glorifying the smashing of the Hulk. 
Yeah, it's almost like it's uh, not good when Hulk smashes. <laughs> yeah, when they explode the frog, they talk about how, uh, you know, maybe one day when frogs rain from the sky, they'll come to us for the frog exploding technology. And I'm like, that's what the Avengers is. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> God, imagine a world where, like, this movie was really well-liked, and, like, Daredevil was really well-liked, and we just ended up with an Avengers movie back in, like, 2006 or something, from, like, Fox. Oh, that would have been fantastic. You had the Wolverine, Hulk, and Daredevil. Yeah, like, you get, like, Spider-Man in there. Ghost Rider. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, we we gotta talk about the Nick Cage Ghost Riders at some point. Uh, Fantastic Four. Oh, yeah, yeah, The Rise of the Silver Surfer. Elektra. Yep, yep. That one's, like, kind of a sequel to Daredevil, isn't it? Uh, yes. Okay. I haven't seen it. I've seen Daredevil. Have you seen Daredevil Director's Cut? I have not seen the Director's Cut. The widely considered to be an improved version. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Boy, there's a lot of superhero movies out there. <laughs> they make a lot of them. <laughs> They've made so many! Anyhow, um, yeah, so he hulks out, and, uh, he smashes his laboratory, his dad is there, and he, like, has a moment where he's like, oh, daddy, daddy, you are my father, and, like, uh, Nick Nolte caresses his cheek, but then he remembers, oh, wait, no, my dad fucking sucks, and, like, is gonna, gonna smash him! Yeah, he has a memory where, like, his parents leave the room, and then he just starts, uh, very angrily smashing his toys together, play-acting a fight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, like, when he's first hulking out, we're getting, like, shots of that memory, but, like, the room they went into, the door is just getting, like, banged on harder and harder, and then, like, a Hulk fist bursts out of the room, and there's just, like, darkness behind it. Like, you see that, it's almost like that room is a metaphor for his bottled emotions. (laughs) It's almost like sometimes you can use uh, pictures and sound to create, like, visual parallels and metaphors, even in a superhero movie. Huh. Anyway. <laughs> but Bruce wakes up on Betty's bed and tells her about uh, the weird dream he had last night. Felt like being born. Yeah, the thi- like you said, this movie's maybe not glorifying being the Hulk. Bruce kind of fucking loves being the Hulk, though. And that streeter is like, oh, that's dangerous that you like this. Yeah, it feels good to be angry, it turns out. Yeah, 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 since it's like being born, he's talking about like, I just felt my, my heart beating like, boom, boom, as he's just like, eating like, chicken and gravy with his bare hands, (laughs) but like, not played for laughs at all, he is just like, it, this is a very dour movie for the most part. Yeah, I really like that they're willing to uh, portray the hero as, as having uh, bad parts to him. He's not really the hero so much as just maybe the least shitty guy out of the, like, three guys. But, like, he's, it's very understandable the way that he is like, oh, I've never really let myself feel anger before. Right. I don't know how to process it right, but the sure feels good in the moment. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, when he hulked out, he left his wallet behind, which led Thunderbolt Ross to discover him. And uh, he escorts Betty away, saying, like, you need to stay away from him from now on. This is a big, bad problem. And he interrogates Bruce about his childhood and his father. And Bruce is like, I don't remember any of that. And Ross is like, okay, you must remember that because, like, who, how could you forget that? Wow, you're even more of a fucked up guy than I thought you'd be. Jesus Christ. (laughs) 
And uh, meanwhile, Betty tracks down Nick Nolte. I don't remember how she finds him. I mean, he's an employee of her lab, so probably have his address on file. Yeah, maybe she looks it up that way. She goes to his house, which is just... He's got like a ramshackle shitty lab with a bunch of just animals that he is super just stolen off the street or something. He's got like a pen full of just angry dogs and just like an aquarium full of different fish he can do experiments on. And he's just like, oh, you want to know what's wrong with Bruce? Oh, let me tell you, he's the Hulk. It's crazy (laughs) and cool, and I like it. He's unique. That's why you can't relate to him. Yeah, no one can relate to him. The world will reject him, but I, his father, I love him because I'm going to slurp him up. (laughs) This is like uh, the dark version of Man of Steel. Uh, Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, while they're talking, he sort of surreptitiously steals her scarf. Not even really sneaks it so much, I think, it just creeps her out so much that she forgets that she's leaving it behind. Yeah, I just need to leave here immediately. Yeah, uh-huh. And uh, then that night, after they finally leave Bruce alone, uh, Nick Nolte calls him up and is like, Bruce, you're incredible. You, you, you are the dang Hulk. That's awesome, man. Anyway, your girlfriend knows too much, so I'm gonna kill her. Bye. I says I sick some dogs on her. See you later, bro. So now Bruce needs to go save Betty, but Talbot's here to beat him up. Yeah, Talbot beats the shit out of him for like trying to get Ross to intervene and stop the business deal. And uh unfortunately, that makes him angry. And in the movie, all Bruce says is, you're making me angry, and then he hulks out. Uh, I watched the trailer for this movie. This scene is in the trailer, and he says you wouldn't like me when I'm angry in the trailer. Oh, they cut it just for the trailer. Yeah, uh-huh. So he hulks out, beats up Talbot, and bursts out of his house. I like that at first he's still got one sock on, and then he hulks out a little more to burst that sock off. <laughs> he got so angry he burst his sock off. Yeah, <laughs> He, like, beats a cop to death with Talbot. Hell yeah. Yeah. And then he just goes charging off into the night. A thing I definitely noticed about this, like you said, it's maybe not glorifying the hulking out. The Hulk generally does not get violent unless it's in self-defense. Yeah, that's that's a classic Hulk thing, is that if you just left him alone, he wouldn't be a problem. Right, just leave me alone. Uh, But they can't do that. And, uh, yeah, Betty gets attacked by David's dogs, which he has injected with Bruce's DNA to make them Hulk dogs. I love the dog with the very wide face. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, there's a a Hulk poodle, there's a Hulk bulldog, and we get uh, maybe a bit too long of a fight scene of the Hulk fighting some dogs. Yeah, this is definitely where I moved Star Trek in the face. I had not seen this movie until a couple years ago. This was the only scene I knew about, because it was the only thing anyone ever talked about. It was like, oh, that movie's so stupid. There's a Hulk poodle in it. Oh, yeah, no. That's not a good superhero movie. And like, A, that's a pretty good movie. B, relax. Who cares? It's a Hulk poodle. Why not? <laughs> Wait, why is the Hulk poodle stupid? Because, uh, because poodles are, like, not cool or whatever. And like, oh, why would you Hulk out a poodle? That's silly. This comic book movie is silly, Crystal. Yeah, it's a a comic book movie. Yeah, exactly. 
Frankenstein. Right. Uh, it's Or Wolfman. You know, it's just, it's literally just the werewolf thing, right? Of like waking up in like your own tattered clothes, not knowing what you did last night. Yeah, it's all, it's kind of all the classic monsters in one guy. Yeah, yeah. No, this was definitely a time though when people were very obsessed with like, no, my, my nerdy interests need to be taken seriously by pop culture at large. That means nothing silly can be part of it. Even though the silliness is probably part of what drew you to it in the first place. Well, it's weird because this movie is like simultaneously like very comic book goofy, but also takes the material very seriously. It takes itself deathly seriously, more than most comic book movies. That's what comics in the 60s were like. Yeah, definitely. Like that very like grandiose purple prose narration, like, you know, ah, the... The mad scientist David Banner experiments in his laboratory, but what will he discover? You know, that kind of thing. Uh, and yeah, people... Like, this movie was a punchline for years and years after it came out. And I don't get it. It's it's pretty good. It's just a good flick. Yeah, like, I, I have criticisms. It's not my favorite movie or anything. But I had a pretty good time watching it. Uh, but yeah, so after he kills all the dogs, like we said, he just pulverizes them into green mist. Uh, he goes over to, like, a puddle and stares at his own reflection until he de-hulks. I, something I love about this is, like, you can tell it's early CGI days when they can do some impressive stuff, but not much. Because for this, uh, like, de-transformation scene, they don't animate it. It's just they cut away from him and then cut back to him and he's human again. Yeah, and they also uh, keep him in the dark to kind of mask that. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, once he's human again, he's like, Oh, Betty, that was that was crazy. He, that was my father. He sicked those dogs on you, but I killed him. And he starts, like, punching his own hand. And then he reaches out and starts strangling her. Yeah, I think it's because, like, oh, man, it felt so good to kill those dogs. I, I want to kill you, too. Yeah. It's like, wait, no, I don't. Yeah, well, oh, no, it doesn't feel good to kill you. Okay, okay, good, good, good. I'm getting the hang of this. And uh, the next day comes along, and, you know, they're just talking about what happened, and, you know, he's starting to get, like... When he hulks out, he kind of has visions of his repressed memories, but he doesn't have the whole picture yet. And uh, then they get a knock on the door, <clears throat> and he goes out, and he gets hit with a tranquilizer dart, because it turns out Betty called her dad, and is having him carried away to a military facility. She thinks for his own good, because clearly... He's got some problems, and he's a danger to himself and others. I, uh, I, I like the way Bruce talks about being the Hulk, where sometimes the Hulk and Bruce are presented as, like, different personalities. Yeah. But here is just him, and he's, like, he identifies the Hulk as him. Yeah, yeah, and, like, other people refer to it as a different thing, but he mostly talks about it as, like, no, 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 that's me. I am that thing. And, yeah, I, I agree with you. I like that a lot. Because, again, it's not... A monster taking him over, it's him unleashing his own bottled feelings. And it turns out, like, if he was a happy, well-adjusted man, then the Hulk would just be a friendly fella. Yeah, he'd be a uh, Joe Fix-It. Yeah, yeah. But because he's not, because, like, he's so, like, deeply angry inside, the Hulk is a rage monster. So, yeah, he gets taken to the lab. Cool lab set. Love this set. It is a cool lab set. It's, like, just a lot of gray concrete and, like, very brightly colored pipes going everywhere. Good look. Um, and Betty's like, hey, so you're gonna, like, help him get better, right? And Ross is like, what? No. We're gonna, like, experiment on him and then probably kill him. He's like, what? Well, no, Dad! No! 
I'm just realizing there's like the the Hulk cocktail is complex because it's like you got the Hulk potion, right? Then you also have the gamma raising to activate it. Yeah. But then Betty also says uh, your anger is triggering the nano meds. Right, because the nano meds are programmed to heal physical damage, but Bruce's uh, emotional trauma is so severe that it manifests itself uh, physically within him, which triggers them and has him Hulk out. Interesting. You're saying maybe uh, trauma has some sort of physical effect on your body. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's, it, it just makes him, like, well, not a Superman, because that's a different superhero, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, but yeah, they uh, start experimenting on him. Talbot is... <laughs> Talbot just goes in with a cattle prod. He's, like, in a <laughs> neck brace from before, and he's just like, I'm just gonna keep hitting you with this cattle prod till you turn into the Hulk, and then we're going to murder you as soon as you Hulk out and take tissue samples. It's so funny that he's, like, he's, like, wearing several casts, and he's like, yeah, I'm just gonna poke Bruce Banner. Yeah. <laughs> they just keep electrocuting him. Or, no, before that, right, right, right. Before that, they do let Betty take him out to walk around the uh, obliterated remains of their old, like, desert town. And uh, they find Bruce's old house, and, like, there's that door that the Hulk was behind in his vision, and he's, like, terrified of opening it, but won't explain what he expects to see back there. And obviously, once they do open it, it's just an empty room, because whatever was in there is is long gone. But it, he's clearly, like, very rattled by whatever was supposed to be there. Um, they really, you know, they, they they drag it out a lot, like, oh, what what could it be? What happened back then? I think at this point, uh, David just has explained it already, right? Not at this point, but pretty soon after this. Okay. Uh, he does explain, yeah, what happened was, like we said earlier, after they shut his lab down and he couldn't cure his son, he decided that he should kill his son, uh, because who knows what kind of horrible effects the, the Hulk potion will have on him growing up. I, I remember because he, he was telling Betty about it, and he was like, yeah, I tried to kill my son and then I accidentally killed my wife, and can you imagine how that made me feel? <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. Everything I love just turned into a memory. Yeah, he tries to convince his wife to get on board with the child murder plan, and she's like, no? No! And he grabs a, a kitchen knife to stab his son with, and his wife wrestles with him. And according to him, it's like, it was as though the, her and the knife just merged. <laughs> That's why he turns into the absorbing man. Right, right, right. <laughs> I think he might already be the absorbing man by that point, even. Like, he's just thinking about absorption, and yeah, my wife just absorbed the knife. <laughs> he's... <laughs> Superheroes are, are metaphors, and the, the metaphor here is that he just loves thinking about things combining and absorbing. Right, right. And also just that he's a bad man. <laughs> he's a metaphor for bad people. <laughs> um... But yeah, so they're poking him with the cattle prod. That's not working. So instead, they decide to just put him in a, like, induced coma or something in a fish tank. Because, you know, maybe he can control the Hulk transformation while he's conscious. But while he's asleep, he probably can't. You know, if he has a bad nightmare or something, who knows? And uh, wouldn't you know it, that's exactly what happens. He becomes the Hulk, and then they try to gas him, but he just sneezes because he's the Hulk. Right, he's the Hulk, he starts breaking out, he runs down a hall that they fill with, like, uh, the, f like, just foam that's supposed to harden and keep him in place, just the fucking, I don't, I forget what they call it in Evangelion, but it's the same shit. <laughs> 
Uh, and then that stop that that doesn't stop him. He's like breaking through it, and Talbot grabs like a rocket launcher to shoot at him, and the greatest shot in cinematic history happens. It's so good. <laughs> Where Talbot shoots the missile at him, it like bounces off of the Hulk's pecs and like shoots into the wall behind Talbot and explodes. And as Talbot is sent flying, he just gets like a freeze frame and a white outline around him from the fire. It is incredible. It's such a good shot. And the shot right before it where he's trying to like get a blood sample from the Hulk and the Hulk's face is like squirming and his eyebrow is like bulging and growing bigger. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's good stuff. Uh, so then the Hulk breaks out and is just rampaging through the desert. Uh, he starts running in an effect that doesn't look that good. They should just have him, like, bound like a gorilla or something. His little sprint doesn't really look good to me. You don't like it? I like it. No, I like it when he starts doing the big jumps. Yeah, he finds some freedom in the physicality of the Hulk in a way that doesn't involve uh, smashing. Right, right. Uh, but unfortunately, they send a bunch of tanks after him and he fights a bunch of tanks. And then they send a bunch of attack choppers after him, and he fights a bunch of attack choppers. Getting a little bored at this point. <laughs> I like the part where he runs on the wall. Yeah, he does run on the wall. It's a very Sonic the Hedgehog move. It, it just made me want to play the Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction. Yeah, yeah. It's weird because they do the really intense, like, loud editing with all the split-screen stuff for a lot of the dramatic scenes, but they, like, just shoot all this stuff very straight. It's, it's weird they don't use more of that here. It it definitely feels like he said that maybe Ang Lee uh, didn't care as much about the action scenes. Yeah, yeah. In that case, I might say just uh, cut them down. But again, that's probably a studio note thing, right? No, no, no. We got to have the Hulk smashing stuff. <laughs> I'm just like, what if they made an adaptation of Frankenstein where they just had a scene like this in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like the next time they do an adaptation of Frankenstein, that's that could very easily happen. But, um, yeah, they, right, so he is bounding off to San Francisco now, they send fighter jets after him, there's a quick bit where Thunderbolt Ross has to get, like, approval from the president, and it's, it's fun from this era where, like, every time the president's in a movie, it's clearly, like, it's not literally George Bush, but it's, like, kind of a George Bush pastiche. <laughs> yeah. He's just, like, a Texan guy, like, doing, like, like, in his wading boots fish, he's like, well, General, I guess go ahead and, uh, do what you need to stop the Hulk. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so they're sending fighter jets after him on the Golden Gate Bridge, and he's, like, running away from them. Again, I d like, there's a civilian helicopter, and I guess that's what makes the fighter jet swerve in a way that he's gonna crash into the bridge. And the Hulk decides to jump on the fighter jet to force it down under the bridge so to save the people. Because he is a hero, see? I guess this is his one superhero move in this movie. Yeah, th he has like one hero moment when he saves the other scientists from the Gamma Blast, and then this moment where he, he saves the, the bridge. Uh, and then now that he's latched onto the fighter jet, though, Ross just tells them to take him up into the upper atmosphere so he can't breathe. Iron and, Man stole uh, this one. Yeah, that's true. Iron Man does steal this one. You're right. <laughs> and stole the, the save the guy in the, in the jet thing. Yeah, man. Iron Man, I tell you what. Uh, but yeah, so they just keep going higher and higher, and, like, the Hulk starts to, uh, uh, like, frost up, and the fighter pilot eventually has to, like, bail out of this maneuver and start going back down, but the Hulk is, like, uh, stopped enough that he falls off the jet and is just plummeting to the earth and passes out. 
and Bruce has like a dream where he wakes up and everything's normal again and he starts shaving. But then he realizes this mirror he's shaving in front of is awful big and awful frosty and he starts brushing the frost away and the Hulk is on the other side of that mirror and smashes through it and grabs it and goes, puny human. I don't really know what that scene's supposed to mean. It just kind of happens. I think it's supposed to be like if you take the Hulk as a, a metaphor for releasing your bottled anger. Yeah. It's supposed to be like, no, you shouldn't calm down. Actually, having other emotions is the weakness. It, is it that or is it like, no, your anger is taking control over you? Like you've, yes, letting it out is good, but like there's a limit to that. Yeah, I think we're saying the same thing there. Okay, okay. Uh, and yeah, he crashes into the water and they manage to, uh, oh no, they don't imprison him yet because they got to take him, they got to lead him to Betty Ross because, uh, as we all know, the one thing that can calm down a raging lunatic man is the soothing face of a beautiful woman. Yeah, that is, that is the Betty Ross thing. There is a scene earlier on in this movie. It's when uh, she's talking to Nick Nolte and he's like, no, the world can't understand my son. Oh, but you, you know, beautiful lady like you, I'm sure your attention isn't uh, unwanted. And I thought the movie was kind of commenting on that trope and was because like, oh, Nick Nolte, the bad guy, is just repeating it uncritically. Surely that means the movie is going to avoid that particular pitfall. But no, it doesn't. Yeah, I understand the idea of like, well, if you meet anger with more anger, that just makes it worse. But if, if right. you can, if you can meet it with compassion, then uh, right. maybe it'll dissipate. But that's also the only thing Betty has. Yeah, like if there was another like character beat to Betty after this about like how she feels about all this shit going on, then yeah, it might work better. Uh, but like you said, even though I do think she is better than other Bettys I've seen, it's still not. She's still primarily a prop for Bruce. Uh, so they re-imprison him. Nick Nolte agrees to turn himself in, uh, allegedly because, I don't know, I don't, whatever excuse he gives, he just wants to see his son again. But secretly, we know that he has injected Hulk DNA into himself, and it has given him superpowers, turning him into the Absorbing Man. Uh, which is to say that anything he touches, he can, like, you know, like, he, his hand touches a metal beam, and his hand becomes metal, and it can, like, dissolve into the metal. That's right. He he crushes a cop that way by merging with the metal grate. The cop is going to shoot him and he the, he's just like, oh, do you really think you're separate from me? Because he's now just merging with everything, you know, metaphorically, maybe literally later, though. Stay tuned. Uh, so, yeah, they got they got the Hulk and the absorbing man in a room together so they can finally hash out their their issues. Now, this shit from here on out, this movie's uh, 10 out of 10 for me. I like all my issues are gone and now we're just in the good shit. This is the cinema. This whole fucking scene with uh, Bruce and David in this, like, dark room with a spotlight on them, it is, like, staged like a play. Yes, exactly. It's two actors in a small set with almost no props other than the two big, like, guns that'll kill them if they do anything weird. And they're just yelling at each other and having emotions. Oh, this, this shit I live for. And, uh... David is trying to convince Bruce, like, no, you don't understand. It's not a curse. It's a, I gave you such a great gift. You know, you can be a hero, not like, you know, the, the heroes we had before. We were deluded by these religions. <laughs> and the, the army, well, they just want to take over the world. Yeah, not like me, who also wants to take over the world, but I'm cool. Well, he, he wants to go beyond God's boundaries. Right, yeah, yeah. I gave you life, and now it is time for you to give it back to me. 
because uh, again, at this point, he just wants to slurp his son. He wants to absorbing man the Hulk to get all the power. And he's also, he calls uh, the Hulk his real son, and that Bruce is just like this uh, flimsy shell of consciousness that is layered over the Hulk. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a good scene. I'm not sure I'm with you. This is the best comic book movie. This is probably the best scene in a comic book movie, though. I think it's the best comic book movie we've seen. I'm The two I'm thinking that might top it for me would be Spider-Verse and uh, Spider-Man 2. Uh, those are pretty good competition. Pretty good. True. Spider-Man 1 would be, like, in the running, but this might edge it out for me. Uh, but so, eventually, Nick Dolly's like, all right, fine, you don't want to... There's a good bit where Bruce, like, just starts screaming, like, leave me alone! Ah! He just starts raging, and Nick Dolly just, like, mocks him, like, imitates him, and it's just like, oh, all right, fine, I'm going, I'm going. And then just bites into a big electrical cable. <laughs> it's so good. He's literally chewing the scenery. He's literally chewing the scenery. And uh, they activate the, the electro guns to kill them, but that's just what he wanted because he absorbs the dang electricity out of the cables. And now he becomes the other classic Hulk villain, Bzzzt. There's, there's a Hulk villain named Bzzzt? Like, like B-Z-Z-T? Something like that. <laughs> Maybe it's not literally Bzzzt, but there's something like that. Okay. Yeah, he just becomes a big, like, 15-foot-tall lightning man. And him and the Hulk start fighting, and they get, like, thrown outside, and then he, like, hits the ground, and he, like, becomes the Earth. And, like, he, like, merges into a big rock that the Hulk breaks, and he throws him into the water. But that just turns him into a water guy, and he, like, drags the Hulk down into the water with him. Uh, and this shit's great. Like, I'm thinking about all the awful fucking MCU climax fights that are just like cgi barf this scene's kind of cgi barf but it's like in service of this bizarre like abstract metaphor about like the ways your father has broken you yeah i really love the way that like it's like their memories are playing out within the big water electric earth cloud yeah yeah because he starts slurping up the hulk and the hulk is just like you want my power take it take it all and, like, green, like, wisps of aura start flowing out of the Hulk. And, yeah, like you said, it starts turning into images from his life. Because at the heart of it, the Hulk is just all of Bruce's feelings. All the pain and and anger he's suppressed for decades that his father caused in him. And his father can't take it. He's It's too much. The, 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 the sheer emotional trauma of it. How could anyone live with such a thing? And now that uh, the Hulk has released all of his emotions and truly confronted his father with, like, pure feelings such that cannot even be expressed in words. Yeah, like, the entire leg is, like, inflating like a balloon and, like, rising up out of the water just full of all of the images of his memories. It's crazy. And now he's gotten all of that out of him. He, he feels a little better. Yeah. <laughs> this was some very expensive therapy. <laughs> The name of the Electric Hulk villain was Zax, with three Zs. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, th this definitely... Because th they're doing a big stupid CGI fight but with themes. Yeah, they they thought about what kind of, uh, yeah, like metaphors they could map onto the big stupid CGI that they made. <laughs> and the lesson they learned after this movie got, like, booed for a decade was, we'll never do that again. <laughs> Uh, but they, they end up dropping a gamma bomb on both of them. Right. Surely killing the both of them. Surely. Surely. And uh, the final scene of the movie is a year later. Thunderbolt Ross calls up Betty and is like, Well, uh, so we both know Bruce definitely died for real during that gamma bomb. 
but uh, if you lived, you would tell me, right? And she's like, fuck no, I hate you. Why would I? But also, no, you're right, he's super dead. Except it turns out he's not super dead, Crystal. Somewhere in the Amazon rainforest. He's just a, a humble, unassuming doctor helping people in need when a bunch of uh, government thugs come up to steal his medicine. Because these people are helping their enemies and they, they don't deserve medicine. And he says in Spanish to this guy that he wouldn't like him when he's angry. And we zoom out and just like, the, we don't see him hulk out. We just zoom out of the Amazon and we're just covered in this lush green rainforest. That then, like, fades into the Green Hulk logo. This is actually kind of a weird scene to end on. It is kind of a weird scene to end on. It's very, like, set up for a sequel kind of thing. Yeah, like, people know this because this is, like, the Hulk TV show thing. People know this this trope of him being the wandering doctor. Right. But that's not really what he ever was before this. I mean, I guess he was, like, a biomedical scientist guy, right? Yeah. But they don't, you're right that they don't really establish, like, his medical chops. Um, the reason that, uh, the MCU Incredible Hulk takes place in, uh, uh, I forget the name of the city. Oh my god. What's the name of the city, Crystal? Uh, it's in Brazil. It's in Brazil. the name of the city, which I definitely remember, yep. and I'm not looking up, We're is... both not stupid Americans. Straight off the dome, it's definitely Rio de Janeiro. Yeah, it's Rio de Janeiro, of course, yeah. That was really impressive and fast how you came up with that. Anyway, the reason the beginning of that movie is set in Rio de Janeiro is because the script of that was started off as a sequel to this movie that just, like, floated around in development hell for years and years. Yeah, I feel like the main thing I hear about this movie is people getting the two Hulk movies confused. Yeah, yeah, because people don't really like either of them. Yeah, and people don't, people mix up what happens between them. Yeah, uh, but this one's way better than the other one. Not, not even close. No, yeah, yeah. Not even a challenge. My, to me, it's not even the fight scenes, although they do go in a little long, like, especially all the, versus all the military equipment stuff. Again, this movie has a very dour tone, and there is a, a chunk in the middle where just everybody is just kind of sad and repressed. Like, it's not just Bruce. This is a very repressed movie. Like, Thunderbolt Ross is a very angry man, but it's all, like, seething anger under the surface other than a few moments where he kind of lets it out. And, like, Betty is very, like... She criticizes Bruce for being like, oh, you're so emotionally distant. She's very emotionally distant, I feel like. She's like, oh, oh, man. My boyfriend is the Hulk now, and my dad wants to kill him. That's... Oh, man. <laughs> That's kind of her, like, entire character. Yeah, there's not really a point where she's uh, super emotionally expressive. Yeah, and, like, again, I really like that this movie is playing with, like, that end of, like, the tone palette, because you just don't get that out of superhero movies, usually. Uh, but it is maybe a little one note for me, which to the point where I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. Can we Can we get, like, any, like modulation here at all no okay that's fine <laughs> i'll take it because i'm not getting this anywhere else but it's like I, I i i'd like a little bit less of it but overall good movie pretty pretty good flick pretty good flick what, what kind of letter grade would you give this one you know i think it might give this one an a minus yeah that's about where i'm feeling too exactly as good as uh, avengers age of ultron <sighs> sure exactly as good as avengers age of ultron i thought you said it was the best comic book movie I said it's the best one that we've seen. Okay, but we've seen Age of Ultron. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's the same letter grade as Age of Ultron, but it's kind of a, a 9.1 versus 9.3 situation. What What's at the top of your list? Is it Age of Ultron? Um, that is the highest MCU one. Okay. I think I give the Spider-Men's A's. Okay, okay. 
All right. So not the best comic book movie then. I guess not. Yeah. Listen, we talked about at the time, the Spider-Man movies also like do the melodramatic, like dour stuff. But like I was just saying, they do modulate it with humor and like fun action. Like they've got a lot of different moods in there. You get both like the fun fucking, (laughs) you get Norman Osborn, Green Goblin, you know, Willem Dafoe just being a delight. But you also get Aunt May crying over giving her grandson $20, you know? Yeah, that's true. There, there's a little more uh, diversity of tone there. Yeah, yeah. Do like this movie, though. It's 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 a real good one. Do uh, we have any questions about The Incredible Hulk? We do have some questions. I'm Sorry. Oh, my God. I just made the worst faux pas. We're not talking about The Incredible Hulk. We're talking about Hulk. No, we're not. That's the other thing is the, the names of the films quite similar. Yeah. Ina asks, do you think that a popsicle that was the color of Angli's Hill would taste good? The color of Angli's Hill? I'm not sure what she means by this. That might have been an autocorrect from Hulk. I do love the color of the Hulk. I love how green he is. I would absolutely eat a popsicle that shade of green. I, I watched a, an HDR version of this and I'm like, damn, he's green. Yeah, he's very green. Yeah, I know. I, I would absolutely, I would drink uh, a Kool-Aid that was this color. I would, I would eat a popsicle this color. I would, I would eat some Gushers this color. Whatever you got. Nora asks, what's a good Pokemon team for fighting the Avengers? Okay, okay. So is it the Pokemon versus the Avengers? Yeah, I think this is going to be versus the six Avengers from the Avengers film. Okay, okay. Iron Man's Iron Man's a steel type, so you got to have like a like a fire type. Yep. Well, he's also flying, so fighting wouldn't be great. Yeah, that makes sense. Steel flying, I, I buy that. Yeah, yeah. So maybe like a, yeah, a fire type. So maybe like a, um, I'm trying to think, you know, sort of, team wide i feel like steve is probably a fighting type so maybe a chandelure because that gets you like the fire but also it's ghost type so steve can't hit it yeah chandelure is very good one very good one okay okay uh and i I think chandelure can learn some psychic moves so that that's steve and tony covered although it's gonna struggle against um uh scarlett johansson (laughs) whose superhero name i definitely remember uh because she's definitely dark type right yeah, she's a spy, she's a liar, she's a dark type. Yeah, so yeah. Gotta, so so we, we need a fighting type somewhere. We do need a fighting type. Or maybe um, a fairy type. I'm worried about fairy type just because we've got uh, Iron Man as the, the steel. That's true, yeah. You yeah. know, he's steel flying, so that fighting type's yeah, a little dodgy there, but at least that's, like, neutral, you know? Um, what's a good fighting type to beat the Avengers up with? What about, like, a Halucha? Because then that can fly around also. Yeah, Halucha's good. Okay, okay, yeah. Then, uh, Hawkeye is, uh... Hawkeye, yeah, what, what, uh, <laughs> what type is Hawkeye? Uh, I guess normal type. Yeah, you know what? He is normal type, you're right. So, Halucha covers him, too. Um, and then, uh, the Hulk. Maybe, maybe a poison type? I was thinking maybe fighting poison? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense to me. So, we want a psychic. We, we need a psychic in there. Um, hmm, what's a good psychic type to beat the Incredible Hulk? I mean, I'm actually thinking, like, the leader is a Hulk villain who's psychic type, definitely. And uh, LGM kind of looks like the leader, so. that's Yeah, that's pretty good. Or is it, oh, uh, BHM, I think, is the, the evolved version. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think I think that can cover us there. And then Thor, finally, Thor, I think, is an electric type. Yeah, I'm just trying to think, would he be, like, electric steel or electric, f- maybe, or just pure electric? Maybe electric fairy, since he's a mythological figure? Oh, yeah, 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 that makes sense. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe something like ground and steel, like a, like a Steelix? Oh, yeah, Steelix, perfect. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
I think we only have four Pokemon, so we, we can get some backups even. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, I, I feel like, why don't we just round it out with each of our favorite Pokemon? Um, yeah, let's uh, get uh, Galarian Moltres in there. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did not play that expansion. I gotta look up what that thing looks like. Is that the... F- did they make it fighting type? Uh, they made it dark. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just... <laughs> So what they did for you is they just made, hey, remember Yveltal from yeah. X and Y? What if we just did that one again? All the Galarian birds are so good. They're pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I like the Zapdos one a lot. Uh, yeah, well, I'm just going to go with my my old classic standard of Wobbuffet, which, frankly, that's that's a free takeout of any of these chumps. Oh, yeah, Wobbuffet can easily take it. The Hulk doesn't have any special moves. He's all physical. No, yeah, so you can easily yeah. get the counter. Right, you hit counter, Hulk's down. And then, you know, maybe Wobbuffet's down from that, too. But it might be able to slip a Destiny Bond in there and get two of them down. Yeah, really. I I think the only one that can really trip up Wobbuffet is going to be Thor. Yeah, yeah. And I I think we're... I think Steelix is going to take care of Thor just fine. All right, we did it. (laughs) Patch asks, I love parts of this movie, but it was much too long. What would you cut to make it a 90-minute masterpiece? Ooh, getting it down to 90 would be hard. It's a long movie. Yeah, this is, uh, I think, a... Two 18 minutes movie. Yeah. Definitely shorten the, the fight against the tanks and the helicopters down significantly. You can cut the Hulk dogs. Like, I like them because they're comic book silly, but they. It is really just a little plot cul de sac just because we need an action scene somewhere in this movie. Yeah, I, mean, I guess the purpose it serves is you want to show Banner enjoying violence, but, but it you doesn't can, need like, to be that long. Just have him beat the shit out of Talbot some more. Like, make that more upsetting. Yeah, there we go. Like, have that scene start off, oh, yeah, he's sticking it to him, and then, like, oh, he's going too far. Yeah, I guess that's the other thing about the Hulk dogs, is because it's so ridiculous, it, it it's not upsetting, like you said. It's not upsetting, because they're Hulk dogs, so, like, if I'm supposed to take away, like, oh, no, oh, God, he's he's becoming too violent, like, no, that's basically the only solution to a Hulk dog, is to murder it with Hulk strength. What else are you gonna do? <laughs> it's just gonna keep attacking until you kill it. Yeah, 90 might be tough. We, I think we can easily get a 110. That's a respectable runtime. Yeah. Uh, Crow asks, are y'all aware of Claw, Grey Hulk, Devil Hulk, and the other variants of Hulk who are all still Bruce Banner? If so, what do you think of them? What is Claw? I don't know that one. Claw Hulk. Isn't, I thought Grey Hulk was just like they used to draw him gray until they decided to make him green. Uh, I think, yeah, they did that, but there's also separately a Grey Hulk who's sort of more not as angry. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's Joe Fix-It. Okay. Uh, Claw the Evil Hulk is even scarier than the Maestro, says Uh CBR.com. Okay. (laughs) Right, I think the Maestro is like, what if Bruce Banner was the leader or something, right? I I think he's supposed to be like Evil Hulk from the future. Okay, I thought he was like, what if Hulk, like his brain gotten hulked out instead of his his body? Yeah, but he's, he's still big. He's just also smart. Right. And he has a beard. Most of my deep Hulk lore knowledge has come from, like, seeing random pages of Immortal Hulk and thinking, I should read this, this sounds good, and then never getting around to doing it. Yeah, there's some pretty good uh, body horror. It seems up my alley. There's Devil- Devil Hulk just has devil horns. Okay, great. no hair. (laughs) Good. Love that. I like Joe Fixit, who's just a businessman. Uh Uh-huh. I always like playing as him in the Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction. Oh, sure. Um... Eni asks, why was Hulk so square? What would happen if Hulk was made like this again? Uh, I, you know, I think they just thought that was a good look for the Hulk. I don't know if there's anything deeper to it than that. They don't make Hulk a square anymore. Yeah, they should make him more square. Because it's sort of like, you know, he has sharp edges. Yeah, they, uh, in these days, like, he's got, like, realistic skin in a way that he just doesn't in this movie. 
Yeah, I think they they leaned into the plastic look for sure, because the realistic skin doesn't even look good. Yeah, yeah, not really. I saw the, the She-Hulk trailer, and I'm like, this this looks like shit. It kind of just looks like they painted her green. I know, I know that was like the one that you were like maybe interested in. I just like She-Hulk as a character, and like I'll probably still watch that just because I'm a sucker. But it did not instill any confidence in me. It didn't look great. No. Ah, that's all the questions we have. All right. Look, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SSJ Speed Racer. You can find other shows that I do on AudioEntropy.com, such as Totally Reprise Has Always Been Cool, a show that is basically this, but for Twin Peaks. We're going episode by episode. We're, I don't know exactly when this will be coming out, but we're in the back end of season two right now. The part, you know, most people like about as much as they like Ang Lee's Hulk. <laughs> Uh, so that's a fun time. Uh, you can also find me on Eidolon Playtest. Uh, it's an actual play RPG uh, based on a game that me and my friend Molly write uh, called Eidolon Become Your Best Self, inspired by stuff like Persona and JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. You can't actually find me on it right now because we're doing a bunch of miniseries and other people are kind of taking the lead on it for a bit. But it's still a good show and you should still listen to it. Crystal's on it. I'm on that one. Yeah. What about you, Crystal? You can find me on the Book of Medora podcast where I discuss the lore of the Legend of Zelda and the Metroid series, and sometimes Marvel movies if we feel like it. <laughs> sometimes Everybody Loves Raymond. We did just put out an episode, episode two of Everybody Loves Everybody Loves Raymond. I feel a little uh, slighted that I didn't get invited to that. I can invite you on for episode three. What? Do you know when you're doing that? I <laughs> when, when do you record episode three? <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll talk later. <laughs> um, that's 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 my other show All besides right. Idolon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know when we'll be back with this again, uh, but we should we should have a discussion about what we want to cover when we do come back. Hey, here's 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 what I'm proposing. Okay, because in my mind, I, I see like two paths ahead of us. But l- let me hear your pitch. I think next episode, Daredevil director's cut. Okay. After that, we enter the Snyderverse. See, I I thought you were going to say Snyderverse, and I'm not... I think we should get there. My suggestion was going to be we do a lead-up to the Snyderverse by going through the uh, Batman cinematic history. Okay. And then dovetail that into the Snyderverse. What what about something like uh, we alternate eras? Okay, so like, what are you thinking? Like, uh, like we do Superman. Okay. Uh, then we do Man of Steel. Oh, oh, I see. Then we do Batman. Then we do the Batman. Okay, okay. Are we, co- are we going to cover the 1940s Batman serials? 1940s Batman serials. Okay, great. Superman versus the Moleman serials. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, we uh we enter the DC verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do feel like before we touch a Snyder movie, I, I kind of want our first Snyder movie to be Watchmen because I feel like we we gotta we gotta watch it through the lens of like, oh yeah, this was the Watchmen movie guy. That's true. That is what got him the Superman gig. Okay, so what if we watch Superman, Batman the movie, nineteen sixty six, Watchmen, and then we now we have like a baseline to to experience Zachary Snyder's take on these uh, historic characters. Yeah, that sounds pretty good to me. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited because Superman and Batman the movie, both pretty good fucking movies. The two of the best superheroes. I love Batman the movie so much. That is like, that's like top five movies of all time, period, for me. So I'm very excited about this. Really? 
I ad- that movie is imp. If you're in a bad mood, you put that movie on. It is impossible not to smile. Interesting. Yeah, no, that is that is like speed racer tier to me. Let's close out with a Hulk joke. Yeah, give me a Hulk joke. This comes in from jokojokes.com slash hulk-jokes.html. Okay, great. On a page titled 55 plus Hulk jokes that will make you laugh out loud. All right, let's let's t- put it to the test. What do you call the Hulk when he wears Captain America's outfit? I don't know, Crystal. What do you call the Hulk when he wears Captain America's outfit? The Star Spangled Banner. You know what? I cracked a smile, but I didn't laugh out loud. <laughs> I could hear I could hear a laughy breath. Yeah, yeah. I guess if that counts. <laughs> well, we'll see you all next time for Daredevil. Daredevil. Great. I'm so excited. <laughs>